0: Welcome everybody to the Bros and Consoles podcast miniseries, Solo Gaming Updates, episode 41, coming to you once again a little bit late. And, you know, I'm just going to take the probably the time here in the beginning to just go ahead and say that, you know, it seems like Thursdays now have become kind of a a thing of the past of not having too much to do and being able to record I think Saturday is going to become the new recording day <laughs> just to, just to be perfectly honest here because man Thursdays I was just like oh this will be perfect you know I usually don't have to work on Thursdays I can go ahead and just like do my recordings and stuff and not worry about everything but nope it seems like lately Thursdays have become way more busy than I imagined possible before so um now I guess that's that's new update a little bit early from the normal updates but coming to you now every Saturday we'll say um sometimes possibly Sunday just depending on how things go but we'll kind of see and play things by ear probably just each and every weekend you know we're just gonna go back to the weekend um style over here but um long long way around to say that I am one half of your host Nathan Choquette um aka I guess Dr. Choquette weird thing I don't like saying that very much um But the only reason it makes sense is because I'm going to go ahead and go straight into the beginning part of the podcast Um, for people who are interested in hearing some eyeball related things because I I am an eye doctor. um, Here you go. Here's the first part of, wait, not first part. Here is the third part Now, I don't know how to say this. This is the third um, portion that I've done for this. And just as a reminder, no um, diagnoses being made, just all kind of facts that I think sometimes get lost in the shuffle of explanations at the eye doctor. And hopefully this is kind of helpful for people uh, because it's kind of going a little bit more back to the basics. So it's a common question that I get from a lot of people. And I think probably, you know, eye doctors in general probably get quite a bit. And that question specifically is, uh, what is 2020 vision, right? You hear the the numbers kind of being thrown around all the time, and sometimes it's hard to kind of tell exactly what it all means. Um, probably even hear it on like commercials and things, just being like, oh, you know, you're going to have 2020 vision with a blah, 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 blah. And people are just like, I have no idea what that means, but it sounds kind of good when you say it like that. Now, um, I want to kind of go back to the basics here. So on the most basic level, right, being able to read or distinguish, um, this is probably a better term there, being able to distinguish the letters, numbers, shapes, um, et cetera, whatever you're kind of looking at on the quote unquote, 2020 size line, essentially means that your vision is normal. And let me say that again, it means it's normal, right? Um, some people may describe um, it as kind of basically what the average healthy individual can see normally. Um, so keyword is, you know, average normal vision, right? Right um, 2020 vision is, is by no means, um, like quote unquote, perfect, or, um, what you might hear sometimes nowadays, uh, HD vision, right. And anyone who's kind of describing it that way is likely kind of trying to oversimplify things to make it um, a little easier to understand and maybe kind of related to more modern terms, but is more likely also just kind of being a little too overzealous, I'd probably say, um, just because, you know, trying to Slap labels on things just to kind of quickly explain stuff doesn't really work uh, most of the time for most things. Um, if you are curious about kind of a, a little bit deeper there, what the numbers do mean, um, you can kind of basically look at it as look at it as a fraction. Um, the top number is essentially the distance away that the measurement's being taken from, and the bottom number is re- is the relative size that corresponds with that distance. So uh, basically, if you're continuing with that fraction um, framework idea then you know that 2020 20 is um, the same as 20 divided by 20, right, which equals one, right? This is kind of one of the reasonings, um, I'd say that like math-wise, which is why you hear kind of this as being normal vision, uh, because, you know, it's, a, it's more of a baseline number there, right? And you can kind of go up and down depending on the um, second number or the bottom number in that fraction, um, sorry, if all that math, though, hasn't made you kind of lose interest in all this, at least remember that, you know, the, the, the larger the second or the bottom number is in that fraction, the worse a person's vision is, essentially, right? So, for example, um, in Oregon, I'll say, uh, you have to, in order to get your, your, pass your vision test, in order to drive legally in the state, you have to be able to see at least the 2070 line with your better seeing eye, Right. And we're talking about, you know, limits of your vision to be able to drive. So you you can tell 70 is a larger number than 20, which means, you know, it's essentially worse than 2020 vision. Um, Fun fact, though, just to kind of um, end things on a more like, I don't know, I I think it's all interesting, but maybe an an extra like it's almost like a Snapple cap fact, right? Um, I don't know who studied it, right? so don't quote me on the studies and things. But from what I have heard in school, as well as just kind of think what you can find on the web and stuff, um, eagles, right, and and going in the opposite direction there, eagles' vision is, I think, essentially measured at around 20 um, over 4 or 20 slash 4, which um, if you kind of, you know, playing with fractions a little bit, essentially means that eagles have about five times better vision than um, a normal human person, right? Um, But yeah, hopefully that kind of helps clarify things a little bit. I don't wanna get too deep into kind of all the like nitty gritty of like exactly what the numbers mean because it can get really complicated really quickly. But um, if you're kind of just looking for an easy way to remember things, the second number or the, the lower number, the larger it is, the worse the vision is, the smaller it is, the better the vision is. Um, as you, and as you can tell, you know, there are things that are better than 2020 vision, which is why 2020 is not perfect by any means. And don't let anyone else tell you otherwise. <laughs> All right. So... As you guys may know from you know being a returning listener or even maybe new listeners, just this is, this is for you guys as well. This is actually a video game podcast, so I'm going to go ahead and get straight into the next part, which is kind of basically going through um, a whole lot of updates and delays and you know new dates and things. We're just going through all this stuff, and just cut, there's kind of actually quite a bit this week. So um, bear with me here for a moment. The First part I want to go through is actually a correction from last week. Um, I mentioned, I believe, last week's episode that Final Fantasy VII Remake um, for the PS5 is actually coming on, well, I said that it's coming on um, June 21st, and for some reason in my notes, I wrote the wrong date. I think I maybe wrote 21 for, you know, 2021, but it's actually coming June 10th, Um, so that is the PS5 version of Final Fantasy VII Remake, as well as the um, Intergrade DLC. So, um, June 10th, actual date. Don't listen to, to you know, past self Nathan, who, who told you guys the wrong date. Um, along with that, uh, we have a delay that actually was announced earlier this week, and that is that Guilty Gear Strive has been delayed by a couple months. It was originally coming on April 9th, and now has uh, been moved to June 11th, so the day after Final Fantasy VII Remakes PS5 version. <laughs> Weird kind of, you know, way that they're like smushed together like that now, but... I assume it probably won't affect sales too much unless fighting game fans are, you know, really starving to play the upgraded version of Final Fantasy VII Remake over here. Um, and then a, another delay that I think was already, or not I think, we we talked about this last week just because it was announced on the um, State of Play as well, but uh, Kena Bridge of Spirits, as you guys may already know, has been delayed to August 24th. I just kind of wanted to put that in like an official capacity in the delay section. Um, then we have some new dates for a couple games that are coming up pretty soon. Um, one that I'm actually pretty excited about. Actually, I'm excited about both of these, which is why I mentioned them. But um, one of them that I, I found out recently um, via an email, I think because I must have signed up for their email list a while back, um, but it's a game called Black Legend, and it is by the developer called War Cave, I believe. Basically, it is a kind of um, tactical RPG type, um, type of game. Set in kind of more like I don't, I don't know what the pr- proper term is for that. Like, I don't know if Middle Ages is a thing. Um, it kind of gives the vibes of like you know, they got people with like muskets and like um, rapiers and stuff, and people with like feathered hats and whatnot. So it's kind of those like, um, I don't even know if Victorian is the right era. I'm real bad with history, as you guys can tell. Um, but let me just go ahead and read you a little bit of kind of the description that they have available um, As you probably know from listening to me in the past I am a, you know, fervent Sony fan uh, Ever since probably about 2013 when I first got my uh, Or I first got a PS3 in, I think in preparation for the PS4 at that time um, So ever since then I play most of my stuff on like Sony consoles and whatnot And I'll dabble in like Xbox and Nintendo Switch every so often as well but um, basically, here's the um, description because this game is coming to the PS4 um, on March 25th, I believe. And description reads like this: Lead a squad of mercenaries into the accursed city of Grants to aid a struggling resistance against deadly. Okay, hold on. It says against a deadly cult of fanatics. There we go. Um, explore deep into the city to eradicate a madness inflicting fog that shrouds the streets in this thrilling alternate history turn-based strategy rpg there you go tactics rpg kind of thing there uh it's got a whole lot of main features to kind of read through so go ahead and give it give it a look over there it's got an interesting kind of um, system where you know i feel like a lot of tactical rpgs delve kind of somewhat into especially when you're talking about kind of um I guess uh, maybe maybe not so much alternate history things, but you know just things in general that have to do with kind of like tactical role playing style games. Get someone who eventually kind of has the ability to use magic and stuff. It seems like instead of magic, they're kind of leaning more towards a kind of alchemy system, which I think kind of fits the whole um, alternate history route a little bit better. Uh, but it sounds pretty interesting, and it looks it looks pretty cool. There's I think uh, one or two trailers out there. Um, probably I think one on the actual store itself that you can see now. It doesn't currently show a release date, but the email was what tipped me off for it being March 25th, so pretty pretty exciting stuff. I, can't, I also can't see a, um, what would you call that, uh, price point yet, so I'll have to wait and see what that turns out to be once we can actually see all of it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the first one here, right? Second new date is actually a game that I think just recently came on the store. Um, It's weird on the the PS5 how things just kind of pop up now, and they just say, like, just announced and things like that. I don't really know when it was just announced. It just kind of tells me it was just announced. So even things that are coming out um, into, like, the the next few months and stuff kind of show, like, just announced, and sometimes have been, you know, announced for several weeks or something at least. Um, But this one just came up recently. It is apparently coming out on March 12th by, I think it's um, Nakana is what the developer's name is. And it's called Journey of the Broken Circle. The weird tagline says, let's roll on a life-changing experience. Um, it's, it's, an, it's an interesting looking thing. I think what cued me off the most was the trailer because I mean, the name itself, I'm just like, I don't know what this means. It looks like uh, Pac-Man, basically. It's just kind of like, like it sounds, a, a circle that has like a piece missing out of it. And um, the trailer actually was the thing that got me more interested. Um, but just gonna read you a little bit here. Um, platforming and storytelling literally go hand in hand in this journey full of love and fun but also questions meet fascinating characters on your quest to complete the imperfect circle and circle is capitalized it's a proper noun Um, new partners bring unique abilities and their own personality to roll with in this three to five hours adventure full of ups and downs but always playful and rewarding the circle learns about itself and you along with it I have no idea what's up with this sentence here, guys, but this is this is what's going on here. It says it's, um uh, well, actually, let's see. Sorry, Nakana is the, or Nakana.io is the publisher. There we go. It's developed by Lovable Hat Cult. Um, I guess this must be a quote from them. It says, um, it's a game, this is in quotes, it's a game about the little... No, this little something that always seems to be missing. A better job, a nicer place to live, an ideal relationship. We wanted to tell a story of self-discovery in a fun, universal, and relatable way. We probably also wanted to answer our own questions. Would the circle find what it was looking for? Or how would it feel? Or sorry, or how would it all end? There we go. And that was a quote from Andrea and Patrick from the Copernican... Is that right? Oh, man, I'm so bad at, at pronunciation things, guys. Um... Copenhagen, 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 there we go. Copenhagen based studio, man. Sometimes it's hard, it's hard guys. I'm putting in extra like consonants and things. Um, But it looks pretty cool, I'm I'm excited about this. Basically, kind of watching the trailer, you can see that there's essentially this, you know, like I said, Pac-Man like circle, just like a circle with a pie slice cut out of it. And along the way you meet, like you see, it's kind of got like dialogue and stuff, you're rolling along. And you meet these other shapes that essentially, you know, fits into the pie slice that's been taken out of your circle. And these different shapes um, basically have, you know, weird like abilities. Like one of them looks like a balloon and it basically lets you kind of like float up into the sky and stuff. Another one looks like almost like a weird, um, you know, it's kind of almost like a weird like shell with like prickly bottom um, kind of thing. It's like a triangular shape, obviously. And it lets you kind of climb onto, like, walls and stuff. But interesting thing overall, it kind of gives me some vibes of um, this. This is more of an indie kind of title, but uh, Thomas Was Alone, where he played in a a world all about these different shapes and kind of the different shapes had different abilities. It reminds me a little bit of that. But this obviously they talked about this circle is looking to complete itself. Um, One of the things in the trailer that was kind of a little bit like sad, but I was like, oh, you know, this is this is pretty cool, is um, the circle sees the sun right in the the background and it's looking at the sun is like wow that sun is so like perfectly round and on the inside i'm like man this circle is like or this this broken circle right he's like i i just want to be round like that guys i need i need to be round like that and for some reason i'm just like this looks pretty cute this looks pretty cute and cool i'm gonna i'm gonna check this out but so like i said that is coming on the 12th of this month so actually next week in about six days and i'm pretty excited i think it's coming to PS4, Xbox One, and also Switch. I may be off there, but you know, if if ever you're you're you know you're doubting which systems it's coming to, at least know that it, for sure it's coming to the PS4 because that's what I'm looking at here. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's all we have for the uh, let's see new dates. I have an indie update, and that is concerning the game that I mentioned last week that was kind of getting the indie spotlight. That is Kill It With Fire, and Unfortunately, right? I'm mean, gonna I have one one unfortunate thing, one good thing. Um, unfortunately, the game has no platinum trophy. So for people who were, you know, hoping to get a cool, funny, interesting game that has a platinum trophy along the way, sad news. I think it's got about 21 bronze trophies, but no platinum. Um, just kind of as a as a side note. Um, I know we're we're just a you know small town podcast in a in a lonely world, right? But dev um development teams and, and devs that may be like hearing this um into the future and stuff, just whenever you're dealing with Sony, just you know, always ask for a platinum trophy. And they may tell you no, right? They may tell you no. I don't know how the, the whole back behind the scenes trophy talk works and stuff, but they may come back and be like, no, like we don't think that you need a platinum trophy. Just go ahead and make this trophy list and you'll be fine. Um, but if you get told no, just, you know, push back a little bit, right? I think they're willing to work with people. Um, we've seen in the past that, you know, ridiculous games have gotten platinum trophies just for seemingly no reason. And so there's no reason that any game coming on the PlayStation store should not have a platinum trophy at this point. Um, one of the pluses for that, right, is anyone who is, you know, into trophies, quote unquote, people like me, right? Um, but maybe that's not even a quote worthy kind of thing. Just, just, you know, in parentheses, right? People like me, um, we we always look for these type of things to see, like, oh, you know, is this this is a cool looking game? Does it have a platinum trophy? Oh, it doesn't. Dang man, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump in right now. Maybe later. Um, but you do get a lot of people that try out the game just because it has a you know doable trophy list and it seems like an interesting thing to play, right? There's even people who play games that are total garbage that just have a trophy list that gives you a platinum trophy at the end and they'll do it anyways, right? also parentheses, sometimes people like me, right? <laughs> I think I've played some garbage games in the past and just because it was a really quick platinum trophy and it was on sale for like a buck or something. So, you know, anything to get more sales for you guys. I just want to help you guys out developers. Um, but, um, I, I told you I'd have one, one unfortunate thing and one positive thing here. The positive side is that if you are a PlayStation plus member until March 18th, you get the game for 20% off. So it's a, one of the nice, I, I always appreciate um, when developers do a kind of like release sale, and it's usually maybe like the week after release that it, it comes out, or like two weeks out, which I think is a more normal kind of thing. Um, but yeah, twenty percent off the entire game. I think normally the game is fourteen ninety nine, so this brings it down to eleven ninety nine for people that want to pick it up early. So pretty cool thing. I I think I've been slowly kind of getting over my whole um, you know avoidance of trophy lists that don't have platinum trophies uh, which is kind of it's nice right in the past i probably would have avoided these things but because it's on sale i think i'll probably check it out and hopefully the the developers in the future can can take this this feedback you know and, and kind of put put some put some platinum trophies in there i mean you got the you got the whole like nice new sound that the ps5 makes whenever you pop a platinum trophy so might as well just get it going guys it's it's all, it's all fun for everybody um, now outside of the indie update, I do have some PS5 upgrade news. There was a release of Mortal Shell's enhanced edition and that came out on the fourth. So actually a couple days ago, um, it's the, basically the PS5 edition of Mortal Shell, which is a game that came out last year, really, really good game. So I'm glad that it got a upgrade to PS5. Um, I'm probably going to be trying that out. I, I shouldn't say try it out cause I played, um, uh, some of Mortal Shell on the PS4, but I'll probably end up playing some more of the PS5 version um, today or something. But um, I think as well, there's also a new trophy list. So you know what, bonus guys, bonus, bonus trophy list. I'll take them all the time. Um, But that one is free for people that own the PS4 edition, which is nice. Um, One that is not gonna be free for people that own the PS4 edition is um, a game called Judgment, which came out, I believe in 2019. Um, I think in the summer of 2019 is when it came out. But it's basically coming to PS5 on April 23rd. Um, It is going to be just kind of a a full purchase. And I think it makes a little more sense for games that came out a couple years ago at this point. If it was a game that came out last year, probably be a little skeptical as to like why it's not coming out with, you know, its own, um, you know, just free PS5 upgrade kind of thing, especially when we're kind of getting the bar set by so many other titles that have already come um, from, you know, releases last year and whatnot. And the last couple that I have are ones that I think we already knew about previously, but, you know, they're, they're one of them is here and the other one's coming next week. Um, the one that's already here is Yakuza Like a Dragon, or um, I, I kind of, in my mind, I think of it as Yakuza 7, right? It's the seventh, or no, that's not right. But yeah, Yakuza 7, but it's like the eighth Yakuza game because... Yakuza 0 exists, which is a prologue. There's so many things going on, guys, so many Yakuza games. But the newest Yakuza game, Like a Dragon, is a free upgrade for people who bought the PS4 edition that is, I think, on, what's called Yeah, it came out on March 2nd, if I didn't mention that already. Um, And the last one, which is coming out next week on the 12th, is Crash Bandicoot 4, which is also a free upgrade. So, it's kind of nice to see all these like free upgrades this generation. It was a bummer last generation, I guess, when, you know, you maybe owned a game on the PS3 and then had to rebuy the kind of remastered edition on PS4 and whatnot. It made more sense back then because the, um, cell processor was different on the PS3 compared to the, the stuff that the, um, And as you know, I'm not, I'm not a huge tech guy, but the stuff that, um, ran on the PS4 or ran games on the PS4 was very different from the cell processor of the PS3. And it's probably why things are easier to kind of give like PS5 updates now, because now we're running on more, um, hardware that's kind of similar to a computer processor rather than the cell processor. Um, but all good things, all good things come to those who wait, right? So lots of PS5 upgrades now, and hopefully more to come. Um, And the last one that I wanted to update people on was actually the Bros and Consoles League standings that we have. Um, As you may remember, people that have listened a long while ago when I first talked about it, uh, uh, (laughs) why why did I almost say something with a J? That's weird. Um, But Michael and I, right, Michael, the other host of the Bros and Consoles podcast, um, the two of us set up a uh, fantasy critic league, which is basically... Um, similar to kind of fantasy football type of stuff, except instead of picking players for a you know quote unquote fantasy team or whatnot, we pick um, we we both create a you know fake publisher name and then pick video games that are going to release during this year and you know gain points based off of how well those games do when they release. So at the moment, right, um, Michael's publisher name is Forgotten Quests. I have the publisher Roni, sorry, oh my gosh, Ronin Pride Gaming. This is what happens when you try to speak too quickly. Um, I chose Ronin Pride Gaming because it um, is an acronym, or when you turn it into an acronym, it becomes RPG, which is I think one of my favorite pastime type of type of games. Uh, at the moment, right, I have two games that on on my list that have released so far. Those ones are Cyber Shadow and Bravely Default Two. Michael has one that's released so far, which was in Little Nightmares Two. Michael's, well, I'll just kind of break things down there. So, um, Cyber Shadow on my list got 12 points when it released, uh, because it scored an 82, And um, for people that are unfamiliar with how the draft thing works, any, um, each point above a 70 gets you one point on the, the actual thing itself. So, um, Cyber Shadow scored an 82, got me 12 points, right? Um, go to Bravely Default 2, got me eight points because it scored a 78. And on Michael's side, um, Little Nightmares 2 scored an 83 which got him 13 points. Now, um, because we also have the counterpick system in play, um we basically choose a couple games from each other's list of original, you know, the original 10 drafted games and out of two out of the two that we pick, right, if a game does worse than a 70, then the person who counterpicked it gets points. So, in a way we're kind of like hoping these games either don't release, which means we don't lose any points or get below a 70, and I, I, should, I guess I shouldn't say we're hoping it happens, maybe we're hoping in terms of like our scores, but we're not hoping these games get bad scores, it's more so just um, we don't believe that they're going to score above a 70 is kind of the, the point there, or that we think they're just not going to release, um, so the ones that uh, I picked were 12 Minutes that was on Michael's list, um, an indie game that's supposedly coming out this year, um, and Back for Blood, which we know is coming out in June of this year, I believe. Um, if not June, it's July. It's one of the J-Months. That's not January. <laughs> I forgot that January is a J-Month. Uh, and then Michael counterpicked on my list uh, Bravely Default 2 and New Pokemon Snap. So because um, Bravely Default 2 scored a 78, he actually got a negative 8 score from that uh, because you do get negative points if it does well instead. Um, so it's kind of a you know risk-reward type of thing. But that leaves the total standings at the moment it, um, is that I have 20 points on my fantasy league and Michael has four points at the moment. Um, people that are you know paying close attention to the numbers there may be like, hey, that doesn't, that doesn't seem like it works out. Um, Little Nightmares on Michael's list got a 13 and he has a four right now even though Bravely Default 2 got him a negative eight. And I think it's because in the background they actually do kind of um, like an actual point system. So when I look at that, um, I have an actual point system of 20.01, I guess it's out uh, two decimal places, and Michael has a 4.15. So somewhere along the line, it seems like maybe like the, um, I guess I would probably hypothesize that the score for Little Nightmares 2 is on the lower end of 13, so like if we just said it's like 13 flat. Um, then it's possible that Bravely Default 2 scored like an, I don't know, like in actual points, like an 8.8 something, right? And that would bring his overall thing down to 4.15, I guess. So if that's the case, I guess it makes sense. And they're probably rounding um, down or up, um, just depending on which, which side of the coin you're closest to. So yeah, that's kind of where we're standing at right now. In um, the near future though, coming out actually this month, Michael has three games that are gonna be making a um, debut and whatnot. We're gonna be on the lookout for It Takes Two, um, as well as Monster Hunter Rise. Both of of those games are coming out on March 26th. And then um, he also has the, I guess it's it's kind of like an expansion, but it kind of is like a culmination of all the previous game stuff, as well as kind of new things. Um, And that is the Binding of Isaac Repentance that's coming out on, um, at this moment, it's coming out on March 31st. At first, I thought that that actually wasn't a real release date. I thought it was just kind of a, like a placeholder type of thing, because I feel like it's on the more rare side to see things come out on those like specific dates. Um, and that's usually kind of what you see as placeholders in, you know, places like Amazon and Walmart that don't have official release dates yet, but I think I looked it up and it does appear that the 31st is the official release date. So we're going to, we're going to wait and see kind of how that, how all that works. Um, I think as well, the binding of Isaac repentance is only coming out on the 31st for PC. So, um, console versions, I think are coming out later in the year and we don't have official dates for those yet. So um, I think it's it's usually more you know, I would say uh, unless there's like a huge difference between you know the the console and the PC versions, it's usually a better kind of like rounded number when you get all the different versions being reviewed by different outlets and things, um, and that's kind of I think what um, Open Critic, which is the site that Fantasy Critic uses the numbers for. Um, it seems like that one has a better kind of well-rounded number as opposed to things like Metacritic, which just kind of has scores for specific systems, but it doesn't like kind of lump them all together. But yeah, we've got some, got some things to look out for there. I, 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 originally, it was kind of looking more like there was going to be an even, I guess, you know, like a kind of trade for trade when it came to like uh, releases and whatnot. But because, um, Kena Bridge of Spirits got kicked out of, um, the kind of March window it was looking at. Now, like, you know, there's going to be about four games that released until, um, a couple of, or actually until a few of mine start releasing as well. We kind of basically kind of have it more now. There's a big chunk of things releasing for Michael, then a big chunk for me, and then going back to Michael and then myself. So then it'll be more of a kind of trade for trade. And we'll kind of be more even in terms of the number of games that have released there. Um, as of this moment though, um, I currently have, so our total list um, we can have up to, I think 25 games on there at the moment. I think I only have five spots remaining and I've actually got two more picks on the way that are going to be, um, actually as, as, we, as we speak here, I'm recording in the afternoon, but basically at eight o'clock Eastern time is when the, um, the, the listings and whatnot update, um, uh, as far as, you know, like, uh, bids for different games that we want on our lists. And, um, I have two that I'm going to be putting on there at the moment. Hopefully, I'm I'm hoping that, you know, I'm not filling out my list too quickly here, but I am trying to grab things that I want before, you know, before maybe they become more like well-known and then we kind of for sure know that like, yes, this is going to be something to pick and then I got to fight Michael for it for for these imaginary money points that we have. Um, But yeah, I've got, I think I've got five spots left. Michael, I believe... I should count. should have counted this earlier. It's a lot of spots. One, two, three. Six, nine. Michael's got 10 spots left. So he's got 10 more. I've got five more picks and we'll see what happens there. Uh, Michael's kind of been doing this strategy of kind of, you know, slowly picking things. Um, both of us are being kind of more tentative about the entire, you know, we have to pay a minimum of one fake dollar for, from our like total pots of a hundred kind of thing. And We've kind of been like tentatively just getting games we're not really stepping on each other's toes too much in terms of things that we want i think um the previous week there was there was one game that i managed to snag that i think both of us had bid on and i think i just managed to outbid michael a little bit um but yeah otherwise it's not not a whole lot of like super stiff competition from like taking each other's games which is you know it's 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 Definitely is probably gonna be something that happens later in the year if we don't have like our lists already filled out. So we'll see kind of what happens there. Now, moving over to the news for the week, um, I'm kind of gonna do a little bit of a different style where I'm basically kind of doing more um, quick takes for for news that happened this week. Because honestly, there wasn't a whole lot of crazy news um, as, as usual, there, there was some news, but not like super crazy, which has been, you know, kind of a relief. Don't have to mull over like all these crazy things going on, have something ready for the podcast, but, um, it has been, it's been an interesting week so far. And the first thing I'll mention on here is that apparently, um, Epic Games bought, um, the studio Mediatonic, which, um, that studio created the Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout game. It was an interesting move when they first kind of, you know, announced. Oh, excuse me, had a hiccup there. It was an interesting move when they first announced everything, um, but I think overall it'll probably be a pretty good thing for um, Fall Guys as a game and for just Media Tonic as a studio, um, as we've seen with Fortnite, as it's kind of constantly evolving and whatnot. Um, they have such a such a nice kind of bevy of like ideas coming into that game, and clearly, you know, the studio that works on Fortnite has like so much. I'm trying to think proper English here, so much um, resources compared to, you know, smaller teams like Mediatonic. And I think, you know, if the resources are now being shared a little bit with Mediatonic, it should be a cool thing to see um, Fall Guys kind of get its own, you know, um, I wouldn't even say, I wouldn't even call it like a revamped um, version of the game because, you know, Fall Guys in, in itself is very fun, but, and it's not even like an old game at this point. But I think the content, you know, coming out at a slower pace for fall guys has been kind of been one thing that we we've seen and that's totally fine you know small team don't want to kind of overwork people and stuff but i think kind of giving a little bit extra juice from kind of the the i I guess i'd say Fortnite reserves but basically the epic games reserves i think would be a really cool thing to kind of um, bring new life into fall guys and hopefully bring in new people as well Um, be really cool to see fall guys kind of spike again like it was when it first released but That is kind of the first news thing there. The second one, I thought that was notable for the week was that we actually got a revival of um, Sony's PSVR Spotlight. um, And that was basically a thing where they kind of spotlighted PSVR games. Um, This one, we got six game announcements coming to PSVR on, or sorry, not on, in 2021. Um, Those ones are Doom 3 VR Edition, Um, there's a a bunch of these kind of had like really quick trailers and stuff so for the you know people that understand the doom franchise they know that doom three is an older game kind of more of a classic game and now it's coming to vr which is kind of a cool thing um it looks like they have an interesting kind of like wrist mounted display as well so you can track your um your character's health and armor and ammo and things like that which is i think probably a difficult thing to do sometimes in vr games but it seems like an inventive way to do it there Um, We also got the announcement of Song in the Smoke, which is by um, 17 bit. And it looks like kind of a survival game mixed with like VR survival game mixed with kind of some more like supernatural elements as well. There's some kind of weird, like creepy monsters that are kind of lurking out in the woods and stuff. And you have to survive by, you know, foraging items, um, creating like tools that you need and whatnot, and just kind of hunting, gathering, things like that. That looks like a pretty cool game coming out um, in 2021 as well. Um, Then we had Fract, which was the third reveal. That one is more about, um, they they kind of describe it as a a game that combines uh, free running, skiing, and climbing, um, as well as just kind of like um, shooting and stuff. It's got the shooting aspect in there. And basically, yeah, it looks like an interesting type of thing. You're kind of doing a lot of like movement all over the place and. I'm not sure if these like enemies that you're fighting, uh, they kind of look like zombies, um, I guess when you get closer to them, but they're kind of also like supernatural in a sense. Um, and they're they are not like slow moving kind of zombies or anything there. They're using tools and things like that. They're coming at you. Um, the fourth game, I think this is fourth one. Yeah. Um, oh, and just to mention Fract is coming out in the summer of this year. Um, the fourth game that was announced was I, I Expect You to Die to The Spy and the Liar. Um, That's a long title, but um, the original game, um, I Expect You to Die, came out in 2016, I believe. And, you know, it looks like kind of a a similar type of thing where it's a kind of somewhat sequel to this game, similar aspects in terms of solving puzzles and kind of doing these ridiculous tasks and things as a spy. Um, That one's coming out in 2021, no like general kind of um, release window there. Uh, I'm going to skip the fifth one for now because I'm going to come back to that. But um, the sixth game that was announced was called After the Fall. This one, the trailer was not actual like gameplay footage or anything, unlike the um, the rest of the games, but it had a pretty cool kind of look and feel to it. Um, this one is kind of about more like a zombie, zombie like shooter type of game. Gives me vibes of kind of, you know, older games like Left 4 Dead, where you're kind of in a team of people and you're trying to survive this like zombie apocalypse kind of thing. Um, You're specifically kind of going out, gathering um, resources, or at least the trailer, right? It showed them going out, gathering resources in like a mall. And then along the way, they run into a pack of these um, zombies, which they, I believe they call them Snowbreed. Um, They're not really zombies per se. Um, They call them Snowbreed and they're undead beasts, apparently, that, um, in their words, walk the lands of an alternate 1980s Los Angeles that is completely frozen over. Um, but yeah, it looks like an interesting kind of deal there. There's different types of zombies from the judging from the trailer. It's kind of a, a larger one that throws a car at the party as they're kind of escaping at the end there. But it's, it looks like it's got kind of a, a fun appeal there, not like a super serious type of thing, but more of like a, a fun um, jaunt through like a, a frozen apocalypse type of thing. <laughs> uh, and then the last one, the, it was the fifth announcement, but I think my favorite one from the announcements was a game called Zenith. Um, just, I think just to clear things up, there's a game currently that's out on the PS4. I think that's also called Zenith. These are totally two separate things, so it'll be interesting. I always kind of wondered how that works when, you know, different games have the same name eventually. Um, I think right now, if you were to go on the PlayStation Store, there's a game on there called Warzone. And it's not related at all to Call of Duty Warzone, which is very kind of, you know, weird thing. If someone would just be like, hey, dude, let's go play some Warzone. You go and you go to the store and you type it in and then Warzone comes up and you're like, OK, let's do it. I'm going to buy this game. It's like, what, 20 bucks? Sounds good. I'll go ahead and do this. And then you jump into the game. You're like, hey, buddy, where are you? And he's like, I'm, I'm here. Why are you not online? And it's like, why are you playing this game called Warzone? I'm, I'm on Call of Duty Warzone. He's like, what are you talking about? It's the same thing. And then you go and look again and you realize that Warzone is a free game and you don't even have to pay for anything. So you just wasted money, you know? Um, That's a long tangent though, talking about um, this game called Zenith that's going to be coming out, I believe. I think it's coming out. I I know it's coming out this year. I don't think there was an actual um, date or anything. But basically this game is a, um, it's an interesting one as far as VR goes because they describe it as a um, Japanese role-playing game inspired VR massive multiplayer online game uh it's kind of a lot of words all put together there but if you think of you know jrpgs mixed with an mmo which is you know massively multiplayer online game and then put it in vr it sounds like a weird concept at first and i i had uh like when i first was like reading about it because i think the day that all these announcements were made they were coming out like every 30 minutes for i think um was it three hours i believe and basically when they were coming out with all these things, Zenith popped up and it didn't, it was the only one that didn't have a trailer, right? Which is kind of weird. But if you actually go over to the PlayStation blog, they do have a trailer up there. And watching the trailer gave me a better idea of kind of what this game is. Um, so it does, it does, you know, look like a VR game. Um, and that is to say that VR games don't particularly look super like sharp or like new or anything like that. They have this very kind of like, um, cartoony type of look for most things. And I'm not sure if it's just kind of the design choice or if it's just kind of the limitations of the VR hardware at the moment where you can't get the super realistic type of things. But the the game itself kind of looks like, looks like a, I guess more like a, kind of like a classic MMO basically. And the interesting thing with this though, is the idea that you're in VR and doing this. Um, there's kind of an interesting aspect of like movement overall within the game where it shows your character kind of being able to, you know, use your your hands in VR, right? It's talking about the, I assume that at the moment, they're talking about the, the PS4, like um, move ones and stuff that you can use with VR. And you kind of move those around to move your hands in the game and use your hands in the game to climb, or to climb, I guess, um, structures and like buildings and things like that. Um, along with that, kind of reading some of the, the blog post, it sounds like you have a stamina meter that, you know, depletes over time, but as you kind of explore more of the world, you gain more stamina to then kind of find new secret places and whatnot. Um, you kind of mix that with a gliding system that's apparently in the game. And that gives you an idea of kind of how you're going to get around for the majority of the time. Um, uh, but along with that, the thing I found interesting was the, the combat system, which, you know, because you're in VR, you have the ability to kind of control your hands and whatnot, or, you know, holding these move wands that let you control your hands within the game. And you have kind of these um, dual swords, uh, or I guess you can have different weapons, but some of the ones they showed is like these dual swords where you are, you know, waiting for an enemy to strike and then you kind of parry their incoming attack and then start to attack them with your um, weapons and they talk about kind of the different types and different approaches to combat where you know you can be using swords to like parry and you know strike you can use a mage's staff to kind of smack the ground and deal like a, a wave of magic type of thing And then you can also kind of be like slowing down time with, it sounds like a spell or or magic effects and stuff, and then kind of dodging arrows as they come at you. And all of this kind of combined together sounds really cool and interesting. It doesn't seem like something that we've seen a whole lot of in VR. And that may kind of be me just kind of saying this, not really, you know, having dived as deeply into the VR system as probably some people have. But, you know, at the moment, in terms of kind of like eyes on things, this seems like the you know, the closest thing we're at at the moment to something like um, the anime in in a weird way, right? The animes that have kind of people going into virtual reality and playing a game as their avatars and stuff, right? Um, Things like Sword Art Online, I think come to mind and just kind of all the, all the difference. What's the one I've been, what's the one I was watching last year? I think it's called like Bowfoody or something, but it's um, basically all these games where you know you're you're controlling these avatars via you know some type of headset and controllers and stuff, but um, you kind of you really take on the the life of the avatar within the game, and then you can exit that whenever you need to, right? Um, but yeah, the idea that you're actually kind of doing a little bit more of that in this kind of MMO system seems pretty interesting. I'm interested to see how kind of the use of skills and whatnot, um, evolve throughout this, because they talked about it as it's not going to be as kind of, I guess, complex as people might or complex, or even kind of like boring, I might say for people that play more like MMOs on the computer and whatnot because you know, when you're on there, you, you set all these hotkeys to spells and abilities that you want to use during combat. And to really get good at some of these things, you have to really get into the nitty gritty of like your own um, stat numbers and kind of like the amount of damage you're doing over time, all these really like, um, spreadsheet like um, details, right. And that's stuff that just doesn't appeal to me. Like I like the idea of an MMO. But you know, the idea of getting good by delving into spreadsheets and whatnot to kind of Maximize your like quote unquote build and all these things doesn't sound appealing, so that's kind of why I don't ever get super into them. But this one seems interesting, and the fact that it's in VR I think gives it another level of you know immersion that you you lose in MMOs most often. So I'm I'm interested to see how this kind of turns out. It sounds pretty cool at the moment, and coming out this year. Um, just make sure that if you are looking out for Zenith in the future, that you are looking for the PSVR game, not the you know the I think it's like a. It's it's almost like a. It's an older game called Zenith, but it's this um, kind of more like cartoon. I guess uh, I guess now they're now they're all cartoon type things. Uh, It's kind of more like stylized um, art, along with kind of like this you know top down type of approach where you can kind of see your character and. Move them along, and it's it's very much like single player type of thing. So hopefully, in the future, you can kind of tell which one is which, and they're not super similar games, but having the same name, I think, can have its downfalls there. And the last part that I was going to announce for, or not announce, but talk about as far as quick takes for news this week was that apparently there are more rumors of a new Nintendo Switch model coming out. Um, I haven't delved super deeply into kind of these new rumors and whatnot. It sounds like at the moment, though, there's going to be an um, OLED screen, which I think it sounds like will extend the battery life a little bit more, um, as well as just the screen overall for the new Switch that they're kind of talking about, or that's that's. It sounds like it's it's almost all but been like confirmed by like sources and things, but it's just not yet been announced officially by Nintendo. Um, but it sounds like kind of production is in the works for these things. The screen is going to be, like I said, OLED, as well as a little bit larger. I think it's now going to be seven inches. Um, the current one from what I could find is about like 6.2 inches large. And, um, if you get the switch light, which doesn't have the, you know, ability to put into a dock for the TV and whatnot. Um, I think that one is five and a half inches. Um, but what's the other thing there? The, yeah, the other thing is that for the new Switch, right, apparently if you put it into the dock for the TV mode, you're going to be able to get, um, it sounds like probably like upscaled 4k um, resolution, which is a, a new thing for Nintendo just because they have, you know, famously, seemingly not really cared about the, the visuals of, of their, you know, console experience and whatnot. Um, considering that, you know, when the Switch came out and everything, it wasn't, able to do kind of the 4k that was already out on the market for things like the ps4 and xbox one um or i guess maybe maybe talking more about the the ps4 pro and the xbox one x at the time but you know, the idea that now they're kind of, you know, pushing forward that that um, Nintendo medium there sounds appealing. I'll uh, we'll have to wait and see what kind of news we get eventually because I'm sure eventually we'll hear some actual like price points and things, but this may turn out to be a thing that we hear about way later in the year, uh, maybe when we're starting to get close to the holidays again. So, We'll have to wait and see for the time being, but at least um, keeping the keeping the ears to the ground over in Nintendo land there, um, and that's usually not my forte at all. So <laughs> just to kind of give you an idea there, hopefully I'll be able to find out this news. But it sounds pretty cool. I like I like the idea of kind of getting a upgraded Switch, and whether or not that means that I'll end up looking into buying one is you know something I'll have to see happen in the future. But at least having the option there is a is a cool thing because the, you know, the newer switch model with the red box having just kind of a longer battery life overall, but not really any different from the OG switch. I don't really have any interest in just because, you know, an extra couple hours of battery life doesn't mean a whole lot. If it's, you know, putting down an extra $300 type of thing. So, you know, cool for people that haven't picked up a switch, but it's not something that I'm interested in. But if it is going to be, you know, a somewhat different experience on the TV, I think that is a cool thing to look forward to. So, you know, just my just my quick takes over there for the news. Now, um, to finish off the episode, I just got a little bit of talk about some things that I've been playing, um, kind of going slightly along the um, trophy talk in the beginning here. And that's because I, over this past week, I was able to platinum a game called Omen Sight that came out in May of 2018. And man, guys, what a game. What a game Omen Sight is. Um, it is made by the developer Spearhead Games, and it's essentially a kind of action-adventure RPG. Um, very, very indie scene, right? But um, this game, it kind of mixes those you know action RPG elements with a murder mystery in the background. And I think that's the most interesting part of this game is the murder mystery. Um, similar to their... Um, so similar to Spearhead Games' um, previous release, which was, um, I believe it was, was it Stories Path of Destinies, I think was the full title. Um, Stories, though, had a kind of a, you know, mystery going on where you basically had to solve um, or, you know, figure out the proper timeline to kind of get this, like, good ending. And over time, you would kind of, you know, unlock clues to get to the proper place that you needed to be in the story. And there were so many different endings there that it was fun to kind of see all the different things play out. Um, but, you know, Omen Sight takes that to another level where there's been this um, been this murder that's that's happened and it's kind of shook the foundations of the world. And along with that, there is this, you know, sudden calamity where this, um, I guess it's, it's they, they, they say it's kind of a, what is it? A representation of the void, basically. And it's this gigantic purple snake um, that they call Voden. And Voden basically kind of appears, and it's the idea that when Voden appears, he, you know, he eats the entire world and kind of destroys everything. Um, so what ends up happening is that, you know, you, you see the world being destroyed, and then you as um, the arbiter, I think they, they, they call you, wait, arbiter? No, sorry, harbinger, the harbinger. Um, you as the harbinger are tasked with trying to trying to prevent the world from ending and basically what you have to do is you get you keep being brought back to the morning of that same day where the the world ends and throughout the the day you can make different choices by visiting different key players within this this world and essentially kind of going with them along their journey to learn things about, um, the world as well as kind of like this murder that's happened and try to figure out the cause of everything and why the world is ending. And in order to do that, you kind of have to meet with these different people, follow them through different paths and kind of make certain choices to unlock these things called omen sites. And by unlocking these, you can kind of then go back again in time and change things by giving these characters, um, the knowledge of these omen sites, and therefore, kind of changing their trajectory in the timeline and whatnot. And it's a really cool system. I think it's kind of a more evolved system compared to the previous game um, stories. Um, these two worlds are not um, related. They're not like you know sequels and prequels or anything, but it's just kind of the evolution of this like concept and whatnot in, on their side. And it's it's super fun. Like the the gameplay itself, very fun. It's it's not. Um, it's it's none of these games have ever been kind of as you know tact or tactilely rewarding feeling as things like the um batman games right in terms of like combat and kind of really feeling it each time you like make a hit on an enemy type of thing but it's got a good omen sight has a good um kind of diversity of abilities that you can use and it makes the game kind of more more fun to play um i think towards the end playing um stories because, you know, you unlock a lot of abilities over there, but I think they're a little bit more limited and just kind of don't feel as refined as what you get in Omen Sight. So very cool kind of um, gameplay style, and then the murder mystery just gets gets its hooks in you, you know, it really, really does. So that was a really fun Platinum, so hats off to you guys over there and gals at Spearhead Games um, along with that, I've been playing a little bit of Overwatch, um, I was actually kind of surprised that I felt the urge to jump into it, um, probably because I saw a a stream going on, and they were playing some Overwatch, and I was like, hey, you know, let's just, let's just jump in here, what do I gotta lose, and I jumped in, and, you know, like, several games later, I was popping some trophies, and I was having a great time, so it's been a long, long time since I played Overwatch, and I was never very good at it, um, but I think I've discovered now that I... Well, I'm still not good at this game. Um, I enjoy kind of playing the like healing heroes and whatnot. I'm not sure quite why. Uh, Maybe it was just I found a hero that I enjoyed using. I think his name was, I might be getting this totally wrong. um, Zendaya or something. I'm not sure. Um, Maybe I'm just thinking of of someone else. I don't know. But uh, I found this this dude that I like in there. And I, I seem to kind of jive with his abilities to basically kind of um heal your your team and then also kind of make it so the enemy team takes more damage and stuff. And yeah, I was kind of I was really jiving with his playstyle and it felt like it was I was doing a pretty decent job at it. Um and actually kind of won a, a few games cuz think most of the time the reason I didn't click super well with overwatch is because I was never winning very often (laughs) and I'm just like man I'm doing so poorly here I'm probably dragging my team down nobody wants to play with me I'm just gonna take myself out of the fight you know um but I was actually doing a lot better this time around so it was it was a fun change and I I enjoy these games when I feel like I'm able to help out the teams if that makes sense you know and then the the last one that I wanted to mention was I did start playing a game called Maquette on the PS5. It is one of the games that came out for PS Plus this month and have uh, just, you know, quick takes there. It's got some cool puzzles. I think that is kind of its strong suit is the, the puzzles are pretty cool at times. It's a game that kind of centers around, you know, changing the size of objects within this game world. And it's got this really kind of, um, I guess, wild or eh, eh, not super wild, but it's got this this trippy um, system where there's a kind of, I guess like a representation of the world that you're in in the center of the world or in, in the center of the level that you're on, and then you can kind of drop things in that little miniature version of the world and they become larger in, you know, they, they become the larger version of themselves within the actual world. And you can also do that in reverse where you drop something in the actual world, and then you go over to the area you dropped it on the like the mini map basically and pick it up there and it's becoming a smaller version of itself. And you kind of use this size changing mechanic to therefore, um, you know, affect the game world and uh, affect your ability to kind of um, move forward in the game world, like things like placing a key over a bridge when it's become gigantic and stuff so that you can now, or not a bridge, but placing a key over a chasm so that you can now cross this area using it as a bridge and stuff like that. So interesting kind of um, puzzle mechanics. I'm not great at puzzle games so this one kind of takes me a bit of time which is kind of one of the the points I wanted to make is that you know if you are if you're good at puzzle games this is probably a pretty decent game that you can go and get like a platinum in and stuff um, but for me the thing I wasn't vibing too much with was um, you know for one it's kind of a smaller thing. the idea that there are speed run trophies within this game um, I've never I've never really cared for speedrun trophies in general. I find that, you know, only if a game is, you know, really taking me in and really exciting me about like playing more of this game, will I actually try for these speedrun trophies. Um, Otherwise, I just end up following like guides and things so that I kind of know how it gets done and then don't worry too much about it. But um, speedrun trophy is kind of a, a bummer for a puzzle based game, especially when you're, you know, you're trying to take the time to learn these things. Um, It seems like putting in speedrun trophies is just a way to get people to come back and play it again really quickly, and doesn't seem like it really adds to that experience. Um but along with that, um, interestingly is the the music in the game where I think the first song that popped up was interesting. It was um I'm I'm honestly not even sure like what any of these songs are, because they're kind of very like outside of my normal like musical tastes and stuff. But um kind of listening to the first song here i was just like okay it's got this kind of interesting feel where i'm in this kind of like dream world um type of state almost as i'm playing um but then as kind of more songs started to appear as i'm playing through the game i started to realize that like the music in this game is not really jiving with me it's not really my scene it's it's you know it's a bit too different from, like, music that I tend to listen to, and it's not even, like, the type of, you know, stark contrast that you get with, like, oh, it's, like, screamo metal, and I just don't like that type of thing. It's just that the the style of music, it kind of feels, you know, a little more, like, old, a little more, maybe, like, indie or folky type of thing, and then I think um, the third like official level so like there's like the first intro level there's the second level that's kind of more actually using the puzzle mechanics going in there and then there's the third level that popped up Um, and when I started that one I was kind of like you know shocked immediately when the music started playing and it was this kind of um, so the rock song was actually not too bad um, as I as it went on longer and longer but then it was just like man this is really like taking me out of this experience because I can't really focus on the game when I'm trying to like think and do puzzles, when there's this you know blaring rock sound going on in my head, and, and I say in my head because you know I've got headphones on and stuff, but yeah, it's the the music that's kind of taking me out of it in an interesting kind of way. So hopefully, you know, I'm still gonna try and go through, get the platinum. Probably it's gonna be one of those things where you know I try a bit. If I'm not you know solving the puzzles, I end up looking at kind of like the way to do it and then moving through that way because it's not really a game that I see myself wanting to kind of exist in for a long period of time i kind of wanted to move forward and see what it has to to say and whatnot but overall you know it's just kind of moving moving through and and playing a game because it was free on ps plus right um but yeah those are the games i've kind of been doing there and that is going to be the end of the show for this week sorry again it's a little bit late but as i mentioned in the beginning of the show this is going to be the uh, new time and place to get it um place. I'm not sure why I said place, but new time. We're going to be doing uh, most likely on Saturday or Sunday and, you know, just kind of seeing where things go. Hopefully we'll get kind of into more of a rhythm there. I'm, I'm going to try and lean more towards Saturday releases, but we'll kind of have to see as we go forward. Um, if you guys have any questions, comments, or feedback on anything we talked about here, feel free to write into Consoles at gmail.com. Um, otherwise I am at Indy Ronin on Twitter, also on the PSN, and most places you can find me probably. Um, but until then, I hope you guys are all staying well, staying healthy. Um, keep washing those hands; that's always important. You know, whether or not there's a pandemic going on, just washing your hands is a nice thing to do. You know, um, and you know, until I see you guys again in another week, I wish you all well. Uh, play some cool games if you can, but otherwise, you know, just treat yourself well. Get to get some nice dinners and things. Um, say hi to your loved ones, all that stuff, and we will talk again in about seven days or so. And until then peace out uh appreciate all you guys and take care cheers everybody